the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. from verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus, you have heard about Jesus, right? And since you have learned the truth that comes from Him, and you understand the only thing that comes from Him is truth, right? And the truth will set you free. So since you have heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth that comes from Him, you know better, in other words, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit, and when it says Spirit here, it's capitalized. That means the Holy Spirit. Not just your Spirit, but let the Holy Spirit renew. Or you could say change. Say change. Instead, let the Spirit change your thoughts and your attitudes put on your new nature created to be like God truly righteous and holy let's decide to change from that old man and to live this new life to the full I often tell a, a bear story many of you have probably heard it but bear with me <laughs> <laughs> But there's this story of this American couple who's visiting some little town in Russia and they have a, a carnival going on, just a cheap little carnival in town. And they walk up and there's this big trailer that's made into a cage and there's a bear in it. And this poor old bear, he's all mangy. He's missing the hair on his elbows and knees from sleeping on that cold iron floor of that cage with no covers, <laughs> looks malnutrition. There's broken glass in the bottom of the cage where the teenagers have been throwing things at it and throwing cigarettes at it and taunting it his whole life. This bear is, you, you've seen bears in captivity. That He's just walking, just bobbing his head. And he gets to the end of the cage he turns around and he just bobs his way back to the other end of the cage. And just back and forth. Back and forth. And this young lady from America, she's one of those animal rights lovers, kind of. And she's like, I can't take this. This is heartbreaking what they've done to this bear. She says, you got to do something. Her husband says, okay, well, let's. And they find out who owns this little carnival. And they pay this man good money for the bear, the cage, and everything. And they rent a truck, and they have this cage pulled to a, a mountain range somewhere nearby in Russia. And they pull this bear across rivers filled with salmon and, 
And he's smelling the green grass of the home that he must have known before somebody captured him and put him into captivity. And they pull him out into this green meadow with the, with the mountains in the background and a river running through it and grass and, and flowers just smell. And, and this bear, you know, they're just excited that they're going to be able to release him. And they run over there and they open the cage door. And then they run and get back in the truck. And they're not sure what's going to happen. But this bear's over here and still bobbing. But you can see his nose crinkling as he smells the green, green grass of home. And he bobs his way over. And he sees that the door is open. And he looks at it. He thinks of all the possibilities. But he turns around. And Bob's his way back. Because this is the only life that he knows now. And that's the way so many Christians are. God has flung the door open to our cage. And all the strongholds that the devil had in our life that kept us caged. And from all the possibilities of a real life that God wants us to live. The life that we were intended for. And he throws open the door. But our minds keep us from going through the strongholds the devil has built in our minds. It's not a physical limitation anymore. It's a mental limitation. And some of you are sitting on those purple chairs today knowing that, oh, I can, I can smell the green grass of home. I can smell heaven. When I look into the pages of Scripture, I can feel Jesus in my heart. And I know there's a better life. But you're scared to walk through it and you keep turning back and bobbing your way through this cage that the devil has created for you. Strongholds in your mind. Today, we're going to continue our series called Running to Win. And this is part two called Uncaged. Are you ready to be uncaged? Yes. Good, I hope so. My daughter Kaylee's here today. She's like, uh-oh. But I told her I might mention a few things and ran it past her. She said, that's okay, Daddy, if it'll help somebody. That's the kind of heart she has. See, she, she's like, to a point, Daddy. <laughs> but clearly she is beautiful. She is so smart. She is intelligent. And, and the best thing about Kaylee is, is she is loving. She stands up against the bullies. I mean, she, she loves the little children. She will do anything for anybody. She's just brimming with love. When, when I walk past her, I can, I can smell. I can just smell. <sighs> what is that I smell? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I couldn't resist. No. <laughs> I, I just know the promise of her life, the purpose. I can smell the destiny on you, Kaylee. It's just dripping from you, girl. 
you are so beautiful. And the whole world, I just know beyond a shadow of a doubt with all this in me that your life is on the verge of blossoming into something that's so beautiful people can't take it in. I mean, you are just, you are amazing to me. And I love you. And, you know, like many girls, when she was in her teenage years, she got a little boy crazy. <clears throat> and, <laughs> and she started going out with this one guy or talking or seeing each other, whatever they call it, texting, you know, whatever they call it. And she, and this one guy, now I was, I was on guard now. I took this fellow out to lunch. I took him to a ball game. I asked him what his intentions was with my daughter, all these things. And from every indication, this guy seemed to be a Christian, wanted to serve the Lord, and he wanted the best for my daughter. What I didn't know is behind the scenes, a different situation was going on. And, and he was really working for the enemy. And he was filling Kaylee's head with a bunch of things. Now, Kaylee's smart, and she, she didn't believe all of it, but, but after a while, when somebody's beating you down and telling you that you are not what God says you are, then you begin to believe some of it. And, and I don't, she, he just derailed Kaylee for a season in her life. Is that, that acceptable to say? He derailed Kaylee. He got her off the track that God had for her life. And he began to put cage, he began to put bars around her life where she couldn't see the green, green grass of where she was supposed to be heading. But the other day, and, and things are turning. And I can see them turning before my eyes. She's enrolled in college now. She's taking steps to, to, to get back in the race. And the other day she sent me this text. And it was so awesome, I have to share it with you. I got so excited because I, I was like, oh, she sees it. She's seeing it. And her text reads like this. It says, change is one of the most difficult things that we face. But change is inevitable. One reason we don't like change is we get comfortable where we are. And I think that can happen to all of us. We get used to our friends, our jobs, the places we live. And even if it's not perfect, we accept it because it's familiar. And what happens is because we're not willing to change, we get stuck in what God used to do. Just because God blessed you where you are doesn't mean you can sit back and settle there. You have to stay open to what God is doing now. What worked five years ago may not work today. If you're going to be successful, you have to be willing to change. Kaylee's preaching pretty good here. Every blessing is not supposed to be permanent. Every provision is not supposed to last forever. We should co constantly evaluate our friendships. Who's speaking into our life? Who are you depending on? And I thought, wow, that is awesome. Kaylee, I'm so that, that, that gave me such hope. And all the other things that's going on in your life, there's so much hope that she's about to step out back into the green, green grass of home. You know, the love of God will swing open the cage doors for your life. If you keep hanging around God, you keep reading His Word, you keep praying, the love of God will open up all the possibilities. 
But you know that door can be wide open. But we got to walk through it. We got to have the courage to walk out into the great unknown. I mean, it can be scary out there. I, I'm, this is familiar to me. I, I'm comfortable here. We can live comfortable. But it takes a different spirit to walk out into the great unknown. It takes what you call faith. That's a life of faith, to walk out into the unknown and be willing to accept the changes that God brings into your life. Anybody can say, I don't want to change. But Christians must embrace positive change. It's called sanctification. Don't you want to be sanctified? Y'all love when I say that, don't you? No, I love when I say that. Okay. Sanctified. That sanctified just means that you're molding into the image of Jesus. You're learning and you're growing with Christ. The work that... The salvation that God put on the inside of you, you're working it out. See, He can put salvation on the inside of you, but your mind still be in bondage and you don't go anywhere. You never live one moment of the, the grace that God has for you. Comfort is the enemy to a born again Christian. I know you don't want to hear that because we all in America we're taught that everything is about comfort. This will make you comfortable. When you retire, you'll be comfortable. When you buy this bed, you'll sleep comfortably. Everything is about comfort. But comfort causes us to conform. Are you listening? Have you ever been to somebody's house and you sat in there Lazy boy rocker, and it was all cocked to the side. And you're like, What in the world? It's because that person been sitting in that thing, and that's the way they sit. And the chair has conformed to them, and they have conformed to the chair. And that's why they call it a lazy boy. Romans 12.1 tells us, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. In the NIV version, it says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. To this world's way of doing things. But be transformed. We're not to be conformed, we're transformers. Be transformed by the renewing or changing. Say changing. By the renewing, the changing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. See, God has a perfect will for your life. What are you going to walk in? The, the okay, maybe, kind of acceptable will of God? Or oh, I'm doing pretty good. Or do you want the perfect will of God? Do you want to live a little bit? Or do you want to live a lot? (laughs) 
Now, I'm not talking about change just for change's sake. Godly change will always lead you to something beautiful. Of course, you couldn't have told that to Joseph when he was experiencing change. When he changed from living in his family with his brothers and they threw him in the pit, he changed locations. Then they took him up out of the pit and sold him into slavery. That was another change. He's like, I don't like change. <laughs> then he's in slavery and he works his way up and does good and begins to run in the house and then his master's wife accuses him of trying to rape her and then they throw him in prison. Another change. He's thinking, man, I don't like change. But he didn't understand that God had a plan. Through all of this change, he was bringing him to the pit, to the palace. And he had to go through some change that he didn't necessarily like. But where God leads, he empowers. He will empower you to endure the pit. He will empower you to endure, endure the slavery and in the prison. Because he's molding you. He's transforming you. Not conforming you. He's transforming you. So that he can, you can be used. You can be meat for the master's use. He's getting you ready for the palace. He's getting you ready to rule and reign. And because Joseph embraced change, even change he didn't want, change he didn't like, but because he knew that his God was with him, he remained strong in every change in his life until it brought him to the palace. Where God leads, He empowers. Apostle Paul, my goodness, we've talked about all the things he endured in Philippians 4.12. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or with an empty stomach, with plenty or little. And then that's where we, we get the Scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever the change, whatever the godly change, whatever God asks of me, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But not all change is godly change. We have to be careful because some of us are changing in the wrong direction. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. There's an enemy. There's an enemy saying, Hey, you need to, I'm giving you a better job. You're getting ready for some good change. How many is taking a, a job you thought was better only to find out that it didn't turn out that way? Not all change is from God. You have to ask, is, is it an earthly pattern or is it a heavenly pattern? Do you know what I mean? Is this change a change that's just conforming me to this world's patterns? Making me small-minded just thinking about my here and now? Making me build my kingdom here and, and, and settle for 
this life and have no eternal mind? Or is, is it a heavenly pattern which is causing me to stretch and to grow and to use this love and, and lean on Christ? Because you know what? You're never going to do anything great in this life unless you're leaning on Christ. Whatever you can do in your own strength is wood, hay, and stubble. We live not by sight, but by faith. We walk by faith. We must, we must shoot for to fill this place, not just 125. Not just what we can do in our strength, but what we can do in God's strength. Those things. Is this change leading you closer to God or farther away? Well, I'm making three more dollars an hour, but they're causing me to work every Sunday. And man, I, I'm, I'm a new Christian, and I was just getting my life together, you know. Oh yeah, the devil, that's his biggest trick. You're just getting your life together, you're getting off the drugs, you, you get your kids back, everything's going well. And the devil sneaks in there and says, that's good. Uh, and he masquerades as an angel of light and says, God wants to bless you, he's giving you this job. Now you don't get to go to church anymore. Was that job really the change? Was that godly change? Is it leading you nearer your calling? Or is it a distraction from it? That's the question. We've got to know. We've got to use godly discernment about change in our life. Now, how do you do that? Well, when the change comes up, sometimes you just know. Sometimes you almost don't have to pray about it. Not, I'm going to get letters from that. You, know, you always got to pray, Pastor. But I mean, yeah, pray it. But, but as soon as you pray it, you just know it's confirmed in your spirit. This is God. I just know this is God. This lines up and the things that's going on in my life right now, I can feel it. But most times, God is going to require you to seek after him. And so you, there, there's going to be a lot of prayer goes on so to know if the change that's coming your way is from God or not. And you say, well, well, why is he hiding it from me? Why don't he just tell me right off the bat? Why does he make me pray these things out? Well, sad to say, that's the only time he hears from some of us. Some of us, the only time God hears from us is when we done got ourselves in trouble and we finally pray. And you wonder why I get in trouble all the time. Why is the things one disaster after the next? Because that's the only time God hears from you, so he allows them. And that's, that's true. You see, the thing, the change that most of us need most is time with God. God will allow things to happen in your life if it'll draw you to him. But the wise person is going to draw themselves to him all the time so that they can just live in the blessing. So that they can know when positive change comes. Know which road to take. They don't have to live needing a miracle all the time. You pray till you get that knowing on the inside. And you always use the Bible as your guardrails. Because just, you know, the devil masquerades as an angel of light. He can speak to you. 
And he'll be trying to convince you it's God. He'll be saying, you know, that new woman at work, she showed with us fine, and you really don't like the wife you got now. You need to make that change because God wants you blessed. Well, the Bible will tell you right off the bat, that ain't from God. God is, the Holy Spirit is never going to lead you somewhere that the Bible doesn't speak as truth. So you need guardrails in your life so you don't go in the ditch on this side or in the ditch on that side. The Bible will keep your life on track, just like we talked about last week. Listen to the coach, the Holy Spirit. Read the playbook. Be faithful. Pray. I've often said, if someone would just get still with God for five minutes, tell God what you need the first 30 seconds, and then listen. I, I remember when I was a young Christian, I would do all the talking. Who's smarter, me or God? Who needs to hear from the other person the most? Does God, doesn't he already know my thoughts and intentions? It's good, he said, you don't have because you don't ask. He's saying ask. But then ask and then listen. Learn that, that prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. It requires two people listening and talking and taking turns. And I say to you, if you would take five minutes, some, some people, if they would take five minutes and listen and say, God, this is the situation I'm in. I want my life to change. Speak to me. TV off. Put your phone in the drawer somewhere. Cut the ringer off. I'm talking get alone. Some of us don't know how to do that. Some of us, our lives are so cluttered, we cannot get still. We cannot hear the voice of God. But if you would, for five minutes, you might save yourself 40 years in a mental, physical, spiritual wilderness that you're headed for. I'm telling you, God has your answers. And He's usually our last resort after we've made all the mistakes in the world. It shouldn't be like that. Divine direction will always bring course correction. His divine direction will always bring course direction. Isaiah said in Isaiah 30, 21, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way that you should go, whether to the right or to the left. See, if you're walking with him, he's going to say, oh, don't go over there. That's a hole. That's a trap. Oh, there's a snake over there. A little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. But see, it, it's, it's right behind you. It, it's, it's a still, small voice. <clears throat> Many people that are still in the cage are just running from their past. Your past is still defining you. The fear that your past brought into your life, like those poor little children, I wish I could just speak to them 
and sit them down. It's just not enough to hit them with some songs in 10 minutes about Jesus and leave. Pray that God would send spiritual counselors into the place. It's not a Christian organization. It's a secular place. And we're thankful for the time that we have. But those little kids, they're, they're, they're scared. And their past is bad. And they're caged. And they need some, somebody to whisper the right words, godly words into their life. I think about Moses. You know, he killed the Egyptian and he ran from his past and he went out into the wilderness and he was just planning on staying there. And some of you have a life story like that. You made a few mistakes early on and you, and you pigeonholed yourself and said, this is the way I am, this is the way I'll always be, so I'm going to just run from that past. You know, I, I'll just do it. You know, I'll just stay away from the drugs. But you, you, you just your goal is just to stay away from the drugs. But you never come out of the wilderness. There's more to, to just not failing. There's more to life than just not failing. And Moses was in the wilderness forty years. He thought, "This is my life now." But God showed up in a burning bush. And He rekindled the fire in Moses' life. He said, Moses, there's more. you got to go back, Moses, and you got to face your Pharaoh. And some of you today, you need to summon the courage and rekindle the fire and face your Pharaoh. The one who is trying to hold you captive in bondage in Egypt. The one who has driven you out into the wilderness. You've got to face that Pharaoh. Well, Moses went back. He didn't want to go. He's like, God, is there somebody else you can send? I don't feel qualified. God said, I'll be with you. You say, I'll be with you. Well, how are they going to believe me? I, the, Moses, I'll take care of the signs and wonders. You just do the going. And Moses went back, and God, with a great and powerful right arm, destroyed Egypt and before his eyes. And he brought them out in victory. And Moses, the man who was scared to go, says, I'm not qualified. The next thing you know, he's sticking his staff in the Red Sea and his parting. He's getting used to this. Next thing you hear him praying, God, if you're not going with us, I don't even want to go. God, if you're not in it, I don't want to go. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to live comfortable. I want to go. I want to go up on the mountaintop where nobody else goes. I want to live. I want to see your face. God didn't let Gideon hide down in that wine press. Gideon was cowering down from the Midianites. He was scared. The angel of the Lord says, showed up and said, Get up, you mighty man of valor. I got plans for your life. You're going you're to deliver many people. And he did. <laughs> God didn't let Abraham die childless just because he was in the comfort of his, his family and his, his dad's house. He was being, he'd have been okay just living there. God said, no, no, Abraham, 
You go to where I tell you, and I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You don't know what God has for your life until you go where he says go. Anybody hear about Jephthah? Jephthah's a, a judge in Judges chapter 11. Jephthah is born of a prostitute. His, mom, his daddy had an affair with a prostitute. And then he's brought into the family with all the other kids, his half-brothers. They're like, you're not sharing inheritance with us, and you're born of a prostitute. They put him down his whole life, and when he got old enough, they kicked him out. He didn't have anywhere to go. He goes out into the wilderness, broken man, and he finds a bunch of other broken people, a bunch of other rebels out in the wilderness. He starts a gang, so to speak. Jephthah raises up this gang, and then the Ammonites came against Israel. And they were too powerful for Israel. And Israel knew it. And they were like, what are we going to do? We're fixing to, we're going to die. We're all going to die. And somebody says, well, you know, Jephthah's got a whole gang out there that probably could take care of us. And so they go back and humble themselves before Jephthah. And they said, Jephthah, we need you. He said, I thought y'all kicked me out. Y'all didn't want me. He said, we need you now. We see God's done something and, and you're what we need. In fact, if you will come and save Israel, we'll make you ruler over Israel. Jephthah said, you promised? <laughs> and he went back. And see, it don't matter how you grew up. Jephthah was willing to go back and face his Pharaoh. Je Jephthah, he knew all the things. See, all the things that you've been through, all the names that you've been called, all the, the mistakes that you made, start getting in with a ragtag bunch and the rebels and, and starting a gang and all the things you, you were doing that you thought was leading in the direction, all the, the change that's been in your life. You're thinking, this disqualifies me, but God was in it the whole time. And he was the one that delivered Israel. And you're thinking, because of my past, I can never be anything. And God's saying, because of your past, I can make you something that other people can't be. <laughs> the things that you've been through, God was in. You may not have acknowledged him at the time, but he was working in you. And the change that you don't understand, God will use Jesus Jesus grew up as a carpenter's son I like to work with wood I got a little shed and a table saw and I get out there and I make stuff it's a kind of a solitary thing I don't I try to get my boy or somebody out there with me nobody ever, ever wants to go out there with me he's just making something with wood all our furniture in the house is made with wood <clears throat> Whoppy jobs that I put together. <laughs> if you ever come to my house, don't laugh. Okay. But anyway, I like it out there. You know, it's kind of solitary. I, just me time. Quiet. And, and that, that seems to be Jesus' personality to me. He seemed like he would be a solitary guy, just from what I see in the Bible. And the thing is, Jesus could have just wanted to stay in Nazareth, in this quiet, sleepy little town of Nazareth, and just be a carpenter's son and be a carpenter like his dad. It'd been easy to do. But see, he couldn't save the world. 
from Nazareth. He couldn't save the world from his comfortable position. He had to get outside of his comfort zone. And so he, he goes and he begins to speak to the multitudes. He has to believe God is going to answer his prayer to feed the multitudes out in the wilderness. He has to believe God when he says, Lazarus, come forth, that Lazarus will come forth. He's operating in the same Holy Spirit and the same faith that is available to us. He has to step out, his, out of his comfort zone with people pulling on him and wanting him and then other people wanting to kill him. No more solitary. He ain't seen a day without people pulling on his robe and wanting something from him now. It's a totally different life. But he had to come out from his comfort to save the world. I imagine coming down from heaven was a little bit uncomfortable in the first place. See, this life ain't about comfort. It's but a breath. It's but a short little notch on the, the space of eternity. But it's our opportunity to see what God can do in a broken human vessel. It's our opportunity to show God that we have faith. Why don't we begin to run to win? My friends, I know you're sitting there thinking, but, 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 but I just, you know, I just, I got this and I got that and I'm, I'm afraid to let go of anything. I don't want any change. I've got, just now I'm getting the way I want it, you know? I know, I know. And I'm not saying that God's going to come in and all of a sudden tell you to go be a missionary in Africa or, or all the things that we fear. But how about you let God start with a few changes and you just say, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Isn't the cold metal floor in that cage? You think it's comfortable, but you don't, you don't know what's comfortable. It's just what you're used to, but it's really not comfortable. We're like what was it? Was it Simba? <laughs> Hanging around Pumbaa and Timba? Eating bugs? Timon. Pumbaa. Yeah, okay. We're like this little lion that's supposed to grow up and be this awesome king and rule the pride lands. But we're over here eating bugs with a, a gas-filled warthog. <laughs> That's a good description from the devil, amen? A gas-filled warthog. <laughs> Where does this stuff come from? Out of all the things I could have said this morning, gas-filled warthog would have not been on my list. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's time to rule and reign. It's time God has thrown open the cage for you. The door is wide open. Don't keep bobbing through life. Start doing bare things. Start growling. Start living. The farther we go down the right path, 
the more distant, the old, comfortable, ineffective ways seem. I mean, it used to feel good to you to be comfortable. But now that you're living on the wild side, you're walking with Jesus, you're not sure what tomorrow holds, but you know who holds tomorrow? You don't even know where if, if there's going to be solid ground on your next step. If you're just walking by faith, you're up on the tightrope. But you are living, my friend. You are living. You, you're letting go of all the, the comfy blankets that you hold on to. You still Some of you guys still got the binky in your mouth and you won't let nobody take it. <laughs> but it's time to let go, my friends. I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open, the song says. I'm trusting you, God. I'm going to the top. There's, there's, there's Goliaths to slay. There's devils to stomp on. And there's souls to win. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Do you not feel a stirring right now? You're here because that stirring has been rumbling in you. And you've been suppressing it. And you're hoping that somebody can drag it out of you. But I can't do it for you. You have to walk out. You have to take that first step of faith. I don't know where your step is. But the farther you step out of that cage, the more you realize those comfortable, ineffective days are over. And I'm going to live. I'm going to really, really live. we got so far to go, people. we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I didn't know where that came from either. As a church, as a people, as a person, there are mountains to climb, mountains to take. There's, there's so much that, that, that's going to bring excitement to your life, and people are going to stand back and say, wow, what happened to them? They used to be so fearful. They used to be so clingy. They used to be so needy. Man, you'd have never thought anything would happen in their life. But it must be Jesus. It must be Jesus. It's got to be Jesus. They looked at the disciples and said, they're ordinary fishermen. I know they ain't, they're uneducated. I know where they've been. I know how they used to talk. But I perceive they've been with Jesus. Because now they're talking a different way. They're walking a different road. And that's you, my friend. You say, well, Jesus didn't change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, that's because he's perfect. <laughs> he doesn't need to change. It's us that need to change. We keep our eyes on him so that we can be like him. He's the standard. He's the standard. He's what we're trying to be like. We're trying to live so that we can reflect His glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18, and I'll close. says, all of us who have had that veil removed. He's talking about the veil that was over the people's faces. They couldn't look over Moses' face because they couldn't look on the glory of God. Aren't you tired of not looking on the glory of God, just hearing about it? Aren't you tired? Oh, don't you, oh, you want to walk in some of the glory? He says, all of us who have had that veil removed, that's, that should have been when we got saved, hint, hint. You were bought with a price. You're not your own. You made him Lord. You're supposed to be following him already. 
So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. We can. And the Lord, who is the capital S Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed. More and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. That's our goal, my friend. That is why we were created. Colossians says we were created for Him. He created everything. And you're, you're part of His creation. And you were created for His glory. It's time we change. We embrace godly, positive change and come uncaged. And when I saw that text from my daughter, I was so excited. And I went back to her that afternoon and I saw her. And I said, Kaylee, that text was awesome. What spurred that? She says, oh, that's lyrics from a rap song. <laughs> okay, so God's still working on Kaylee. <laughs> but God's still working on me. And God's still working on you. <laughs> he's not through with any of us he's just saying take a step of faith let's live uncaged thanks for listening to the podcast today we hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's word For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.